This is Purple Radio On Demand. Right. Hello and welcome back to Who's Up Podcasts. Today we're going to be reviewing... Hang on, I've written the giggle in my notes. We're going <laughs> to be reviewing the Church of Ruby Road. <laughs> the church. Was that a goblin causing all such... Such bad luck, Holly. Mm. Apparently, we're apparently. We're going to be uh, talking about Doctor Who, uh, The Church and Ruby Road. <laughs> <laughs> Will we such professional will. podcasters. I'm so good it's at so this. so professional. It's Boxing Day. Yes, it's Boxing Day, and we've all been punched in the face, so as what happens on Boxing Day. Obviously. Obviously. Anyway, spoiler warning. Spoilers, obviously, for The Church and Ruby Road. Uh, also... All of Doctor Who uh, episode in Adventures Torchwood class. You never know. We might talk about conversations for the coffee shop. Oh, really? Oh my gosh! Durham's second funniest entertainment podcast. Oh, uh, the truth has been told. My word. The truth <laughs> has been told. Overall, <laughs> I mean, what's the drama with that? Uh, I mean, we've, we that's, really that's asked beyond big... funny. We, we all we really I'm, I'm going to shoot you with a bullet, a Durham bullet, sin. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, we like the episode, <laughs> Good Doctor Who. Yeah, yeah what yeah. did people um, think of the Church and Ruby Road? What was people's general consensus? I I thought it was really good for a small scale Christmassy adventure. Mm. It was pretty good. Because it doesn't mm. have to be. Oh, there's a town called Christmas, and you know the whole world is going to end. It's got to be small and i thought it was very good mm. i i loved i loved that it was just fun and wholesome and just a romp i yes. think it's the kind of fun we've not had in doctor who since i don't even know when i can't think of the last time we've had a doctor who episode that's just genuinely fun probably at some point in late capaldi era i think after spice up your life incident there's sort of like you don't know where else they're gonna go and then yeah. they sort of give you a little curveball. Mm. To be fair, the Star Beast and the Giga were very fun, um, yeah. but they weren't fun in the way that this was, in my opinion. Mm. But this I, was, this I think was... It was great. Yeah, this was Doctor Who Christmas fun. Yeah, and I, 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 th- I think it's great for bringing in the new era, and it's great for Christmas. Mm. I don't want to diminish the life of that poor baby, but it was <laughs> nice to have something pretty low stakes. Mm. Ease us all back in. Well, what really... do you mean by low stakes, Bertie? I mean, it was an innocent baby's life that was at stake. Hmm. You've got Quite literally there. stake, as in, you know... I hate the... babies. I mean... The... You heard it here first. No, it Bertie, just... guest star of Conversations from the Coffee Shop, hates babies. I'm being silenced. Um... <laughs> I think I'm, I'm becoming sorry. Harry now. I've got my hand in <laughs> my head. Just, it was... <laughs> relatively low stakes like louis said like mm. compared to the world ending mm. so it was nice to be eased in in something that was so fun enjoyable I'm so sorry that was my <laughs> sorry that got picked up i didn't no. hear anything what 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 no, no, no never mind i accidentally interrupted please continue bertie i apologize <laughs> i watched an episode of doctor who what did people think of shooting at was doctor the 15th doctor Play Incredible. Queen, yes. He's everything to me and more. I've had him for less than a day. I will I can't threaten murder on a podcast, I don't think. I but think I would get away with it. I would kill I... everyone and then myself if anything ever happened to him. 
he'd already sold me by like all that stuff that was happening before mm-hmm. like as in sort of getting ruby out of all these scrapes and accidents but what really sold me was yelling at ruby for jumping onto a like <laughs> oh what's it called a ladder in the sky while simultaneously jumping over rooftops <laughs> yeah that that i love that scene so much it's i love just... it so much I think he feels so truly Doctor. And I think it's too soon to to put him in my rankings, but he's going to be high. He's going to be mm. up there as one of the greats, in my opinion, just from yeah. this alone. He's got he's got that energy, but he's not... He's got that energy that's sort of like Matt Smith and some of the other modern Doctors, but also he feels like his own Doctor. He feels very unique. He doesn't feel like just doing Matt Smith again. Yeah. I think that's what some people might have worried about because he's so young. Mm. He's so young, quotation marks, I don't know. My sister was talking about how she wasn't a massive fan about the Doctor being so young. Mm. He's older than Matt Smith when Matt Smith started. I'm pretty sure he's in his 30s. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't Google it. I think people but, think yeah. he's younger than he is because he played yeah. a teenager in... Um, yeah. Is it, it's Sin? He's 31. It's, oh, it's... Mm. I thought he was in Sex, sex Education. education. So, no, sorry, Sex Education. I'm getting my shows mixed up. A great show. Not... It's a soon as a great I've, show. I've so not seen education. either of them. I've just heard people say good things about them. Mm. Uh, no, I... he's 31, so he's almost double Millie's age. Mm. No, mm. no. Millie's closer to 20 than she is 15. I oh, know, he's, 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 he's an adult. Speaking yeah. of Millie, what did we all think about Millie Gibson's first appearance on Doctor Who? Yeah, I, I, liked I, liked it. I thought she was really good. Mm. I saw something online that was like, if I had a dollar for every time the Doctor had a four-letter named companion starting with R, who was 19, um, I'd have two dollars. <laughs> Which is true, because you had Rose, mm. and now you've got Ruby. Except mm. you don't, because I think she's 18. Oh, no, no, this is her 19th birthday. Sorry, it's her 19th birthday. I take that back. Wow. It is funny you say that, because I think, for some reason, this felt sort of like Rose, but Christmas. The fact that the stakes aren't exactly huge, that we're being introduced to a Doctor, not necessarily a post-regenerative Doctor, but his first story. Mm. And that's quite a strange thing to say. It's just Rose at Christmas. But essentially was. I don't know. It It didn't really feel like Rose... I mean, the plot was very different. It She's reminded also... me of... Oops, sorry, Betty. Oh, oh. She's also very different from Rose. Mm. Mm. She's not annoying. Rose was a 19-year-old girl in 2005. <laughs> she did what she could. <laughs> she, was, she was carrying a lot on her back. and we should. She had her. no A-levels. Martha was Can't remember what else she didn't around have around 19 she in 2008. She wasn't annoying. She was wonderful. Martha didn't have to carry the whole of Doctor Who on her back for a season. Yeah, but she but... still did it anyway. She still did it and we loved <laughs> her for that. But Ruby feels modern in a way that I don't think... I mean, 13's companions didn't feel modern because they didn't feel like people. They didn't, yeah. Mm. She um, felt realistic as a teenager. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, she was just wonderful. She was acted well. She was written well. I love that she worked out that the Doctor was a time traveller rather than being mm. told. Uh, or rather than seeing it firsthand. 
And I like mean... every Whovian, she ran out the door just like, where TARDIS? Where time machine? Wanna go? He worked it out, but also the doctor like sitting there going like, no, time travel is a brilliant and amazing. Nothing like mm. these people. We're much better. That's a bit of a that's a bit of a red flag. Yeah, but wouldn't What's he do that? Flag? The doctor wouldn't the doctor do that? <laughs> oh yeah, the doctor's full of red flags. But why is that a red flag? Red flag to him being a time traveler. Oh, it's I a see. Bit of, yeah, it's very much a I'm not I'm not keeping this a secret. Mm. Like if I came up to you and I was like. Do you know what? Unrelated, but I think all non-binary people are just the best people ever. And I just, you know, they're just better than everyone else. You're kind of like, oh, you're, you're binary, you know? Yeah, if I, if I came also... up to you and said, oh my God, you look so much like your great, 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 great cousin from 1785. <laughs> also, like, I definitely slept with Harry Houdini, but that was yeah. in the 21st century, lads. Yeah. But I, I, I also feel like um, being non-binary is a thing that exists in the world, whereas time travellers, as far as Ruby knows, do not actually exist. You have got me there. I was just thinking about something that was slightly different about me. I was like, I'm not a time traveller. I can't use that example. <laughs> See, that's what the Doctor yeah. should have said. Like, yeah, like, like we're, we're seeing it from the point of view of, we just take it as the fact that the Doctor is a time traveller, but we've got to bear in mind that for Ruby... That's a very foreign concept that, as far as she knows, doesn't actually exist. I think exist. she was willing to believe things as soon as she got caught on a goblin sky ship. I mean, oh, yeah, no, it it's just it would have been as obvious. That yeah. some, something happens to them and they go, oh, well, if this thing happened, then it must mean that time travel must exist. I'm going to go with the Doctor. Bye. I, maybe she felt herself being taken out of time and then when was put back, thought, oh, time, time travel. Bye. I thought there was something very interesting about, to me, it seems like part of the reason she's going with the Doctor is not to, like, travel the universe, but she seems like she wants to find out what happened with her her birth parents and what Mm. actually happened with that, which is interesting to me because that's... that Because usually the companions just go, like, oh, travel the universe. She seems like she really has an ulterior motive here, which is interesting, and I'm curious to see how that plays out. I think it's a very interesting motivation, particularly when you have literally one of the final scenes of the Doctor seeing the person walking off who's liberally hooded, we can't see their face. Mm. It's clearly hinting, ooh, will we get back to this? It's sort of, again, I'm going back to Rose here, it reminds me of Father's Day, the whole thing of Mm. father was killed outside the church. Mm. Not on Ruby Road, but on a different road. Could it be... Is this place, are we going to see this again? I mean, there's mm. so many questions that this thing asks, but I think that's at the end of the podcast, isn't it? Yes. I mm. really like the fact that he didn't find out who the mum was because mm. it yeah. means that Ruby's now got all that agency. Yeah. Mm. Which, like, when I was, like, watching it in the moment, me and my sister were like, why, didn't, why did not Bestie get that person? Mm. But it, it would be taking away that choice from mm. Ruby. Do we yeah. think that's and a third fifteen thing, or do we think that's just the Doctor? Do we think that's fif- that's fifteen sort of personality being like that, or do we think it's the Doctor's sort of core? I think it's the fact that 
indoctrinating that much. Uh, the Doctor won't go and see who the person in the hood really is. The Doctor won't immediately go to Ruby and invite her down mm. to join the TARDIS. And I really like that, where the Doctor clearly has sort of learned that you just can't go intervening in people's lives as much. You've got to let them decide, because it is ultimately their decision. Mm. And I quite, I quite like that as a part of his character. Mm. Mm. Yeah. What do we think generally of the idea of Ruby being adopted? I think, I mean, I think it's great. I think mm. I'm a big fan of in Doctor Who showing sort of like family structures that are yeah. what are stereotypically thought of as conventional. Like, for instance, what we get at the end of the giggle with David Tennant living with Donna's family, or even even if it wasn't executed well in the Chibnall era, mm. we have um, like Grayan. Brian, Graham, Graham, and his, his... and uh, Ryan, his, and, and Ryan. I think, <laughs> yeah, I I think it's really nice showing um, family structures that aren't what is stereotypically expected in society, and showing that it's okay and actually can be really wonderful. Hmm. I've got thoughts on this. Yeah, um, positive, positive thoughts. Good. Um, but I have spent like a lot of my life with social services. Um, just as like a, a thing and it was really lovely how RTD didn't shy away from the fact that some sort of like foster parents do just do it for the money because mm. that is a thing unfortunately that is a thing that happens so I think it was really nice how he was like yes adoption and fostering is this amazing thing and it means that people can have really good homes for a bit but when Ruby was taken away and the foster mother was like, nah, mate, 800 quid for a kid. Mm. It, it shows that he wasn't just showing this very idealised and popular idea of what fostering and adoption is. Because mm. for some people it is a paycheck. Mm. Um, and I also liked, I don't know whether this is me being a bit meta, um, but how he was, it might have been Ollie actually who said this to me. So, Ollie, if this is you, I'm sorry. How yeah. the kids on the fridge sort of mirrored the Doctor and his companions. How some were only around for three weeks. An original thought. Um, That's very interesting. How some of the kids were only around for a couple of weeks. How some were around for months. How some were around for years. And it kept showing the sort of parallels between Ruby and Fifteen. Because Ruby mm. was there when these kids were coming in and out of her life because she, she was adopted, not fostered. Mm. Um, so I really like that we've got this non-normative family structure. I like that RTD didn't shy away from some of the really awful things in the system, but he didn't make it feel performative. And I really like the parallel that we now have between Ruby and 15 because I think we can get mm. some really good emotional depth mm. from it. I love that. I completely agree. And that's such a good point. I, I wish I'd thought of that. <laughs> um, I wish I could take credit for that thought. But yeah, I do. And also drawing on, again, RTD is really, really not shying away from the timeless child. He's really actually drawing on it and using it as a point of character and saying this is a shared experience that the Doctor and Ruby can in some in some way bond over, um, having been adopted being left somewhere and taken in by like an adoptive parent and having spent a lot of time wondering and trying to find out who their real parents are. 
And I think that's a very, a very interesting parallel. And I'm I'm surprised that Russ that Russell has really um really gone for that, but I'm glad he has. I'm glad it's actually having consequences. I love that Russell T. Davis, in the four episodes that we've seen, has done more with the timeless child <laughs> than Chibnall and did. And flux <laughs> and flux than Chibnall did with Jody's era and Flux itself. Mm. I just find that quite funny. Yeah. I wonder if Ruby will find out who her parents are because mm. I don't think 15's going to find out. Mm. And I, I feel like 15 has not quite, but is getting there making a peace with that. Because mm. sometimes you don't. You don't you mm. don't find out who they are. Yeah. You just don't mm. get to see them. So I I don't have an opinion on what way it goes, but it will be interesting to see whether we will have a family reunion mm. and how that will be dealt with. Because I think if they ignore the trauma and the abandonment Ruby must be feeling, wouldn't be good. Mm. Um, but mm. it, it would be interesting to see whether this is something that Ruby has to accept and move on or whether they'll write a, hi, mum, how are <laughs> you doing? I, I hope that her birth yeah. parents As Gen Z aren't like, kids say these days. I hope her birth parents aren't like some recurring character or existing yeah. thing that makes her like special or something. Oh, yeah. The fact that it is a time machine, that law is there. It sort of reminds me of when Danny Pink was killed and what happens? Clara says, Well, this is a time machine, why do we go and save him? That mm. law of I want to find out who it was is always it will, I think it'll always be there. But if it is answered, I hope that Russell would do it in a very good way that would feel in the same spirit of what the show is trying to tell. Yes, you, I agree. You brought up Father's Day earlier, Louis. Do we think that um, Ruby's motivations for going with the Doctor sort of lie in trying to find out who her family is? I think they do. I think they don't. It, it could oh, be we've, got, we've, got, we've got some split audience. <laughs> it could be an unspoken thing or at least something in the back of Ruby's mind mm. that mm. will slowly develop into, alright, so this how does the TARDIS work? Oh, that's really cool. Clicks the right buttons. Mm. Oh, this is really cool. What year was I found? Oh, that day. Oh, I, I, I guess we're here now. Doctor, is that surprised. you? Pulling down a, a weird ship. <laughs> I don't think either interpretation is wrong. Mm. Like, I we'll think... probably see. Yeah, Ollie, you're totally right for thinking that. I, uh, but I think I'm also totally right for thinking what I do too. Uh, until she's mm. like in the TARDIS, going, "So where's my dad?" <laughs> oh no! <laughs> yeah, Papa? I mean, it is interesting with Father's Day that Nine very much accuses Rose of only going with him because she wanted to save her dad, which I don't think was actually true. I don't think that's how Rose felt. But in this case, I do think that's at least a part of Ruby's motivations. I'm really but sorry. We'll sorry for interrupting. I, as you were saying, like church and things like that, my brain decided to scream at me, get in the church on Ruby Road. <laughs> Thank you. I, oh, I, dear. Thank I you. just felt the need to share that with the class. You Thank know? you for sharing that with the class. Yeah, there we there's, go. There's one... the same church. There's... Maybe no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I there's, don't know. There's one thing that we um, 
that that's prominent in the episode that we haven't discussed yet, and that's the goblins. Oh, what I thought you were going to say Sherry's cup of tea. <laughs> Sherry, we'll get we get, we'll get round to that. I okay. really like the goblins. I think as well the theme of bad luck, mm. and that's what the goblins do. I thought that was so clever because again, it's not it's hoeing into sort of folklore and stuff mm. around Christmas time, which I thought was. Uh, so yeah. much fun just to mm. have a Doctor Who story about. Yes, you've got the thing with the them taking the pictures of each other and the fact that they sing a song <laughs> about <laughs> eating people. Um, I didn't expect that, but... No, yeah. Goblins. This episode really reminded me of a sort of modern Brothers Grimm tale, in a way. Mm. Or modern sci-fi Brothers Grimm tale. Because I don't think, and maybe we have, I don't think we've seen something like goblins before on Doctor Who. Weirdly, no, I don't think so. Which yeah. I thought was very refreshing. The closest, that I think, in like the extended universe is when Torchwood dealt with the Fae. Mm. Mm. So we know that the sort of magical things like, like goblins and Fae do exist within the universe of Doctor Who. Mm. So I'm very excited to see... Like what else? What other sort of strange, mystical things might be drawn on in mm. the later series as well? I, mean, I do been... love Doctor Who being a bit fantasy. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely something I could see them doing uh, throughout the ages. They've done stuff about Frankenstein and mummies and all sorts of stuff. The mm. fact that they're holding into fantasy and, as RTD himself said, more gods of the Doctor yeah. universe. Mm. It's definitely on the horizon, and it's definitely something that I look forward to. If yeah. it's handled well. Yeah, you know, yeah, obviously if it's handled well. I must say, the whole sort of goblin science, or as he was saying, it was like a different language of science, of coincidence and bad luck, it did confuse me a bit. I yeah. didn't really <laughs> understand the mechanics of that, which is not the end of the world, but I think I would have rather, like, if we could have had some way of understanding what was going to happen or how the goblins worked a bit more i took that in the fact that i don't think the doctor knew how they worked because they weren't beings Mm. of like science they were like manifestations of bad luck like traditional folk tales with them in you can never pin them down Mm. because Mm. you can't understand something that is beyond human comprehension but I can understand being really confused by it. I'm confused by a lot of Doctor Who because I don't understand much science. Um, <laughs> so it was another thing that just went over my head. I was like, ah, he'll be fine. He'll be right. Don't worry about it. I was like, oh, that's singing a little song. Oh, oh, no, they're putting salt on the baby. Oh, my God, the salt on the baby. Also, <laughs> I love... I, I, think, love I, the... can't, I can't escape it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What do you mean, Lottie? I don't know what I've Lottie, okay. You signed I'm documents. I did. I I am control. Hold on, let me just get out the pieces. Hold on a sec. <laughs> Fill out the NDA. I'm I contractually lo- lo- obliged to not speak about any such incident revolving salt or any other seasoning within the um, society of Doctor Who in Durham. Why? Thank you. I, I guess soon. <laughs> I loved how, um, like, they released the song on YouTube. I almost wish that I hadn't watched it. Like, I know a lot of people didn't because mm. it was sort of... But it also, at the same time, 
they then had 15 and Ruby did their own song, which we had no idea was coming, which was iconic. And I loved that so much. Just I want more singing. singing. Beauty and Ruby were really good singers. <laughs> to be fair, we've got spoilers for the I, next shooty, time trailer. Shooty spoilers for the next time trailer. We've got an episode about the Beatles coming up. We've got... Jonathan Groff! Don't do my man dirty like that, Oliver. Jonathan Groff is there. Do we yeah, think but we're, we're going to learn about music that... and songs? Do we think we're going to learn that the Doctor actually wrote um, uh, Octopus's Garden? Um, oh, Jonathan Groff is a very, very famous yeah singer. Okay, yeah. You'll be back. He was in series fifteen. I'm sorry, I forgot. I'm not an expert yeah. on like Broadway singers. Am I? He was I in Frozen. <laughs> I am I quite surprised Frozen. it's taken. I've seen one pretty... episode of Glee. I'm surprised it's taken this long to get the Beatles on. I mean, the Be- I think the Beatles were still a thing by the time Doctor Who was made, and so to finally have oh look, it's the the haircuts, it's Abbey Road, they're playing a song, finally. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. But, of course, songs in Doctor Who, it sometimes happens, whether it be someone dancing to a Oh, dear, Zina's frozen. <laughs> uh, oh, my God, the since... actual reason they go to Abbey Road is so that uh, Ruby and the Doctor can get the Goblin song uh, released. <laughs> they just needed the... ...from a Beatles-themed restaurant, so I'm, I'm not happy about that. <laughs> oh dear yeah i must say i i i yeah the, the songs were brilliant um mm. thank I'll you, you what, i did very much feel like the plot it felt like the plot was resolved too easily but then it wasn't mm. which is something i really like what doc 2 does is when you think you've resolved the plot but then something else happens, and it was fun. And then they give you a slap across a the face thing. <laughs> it's Doctor Who, silly. There was a part that I thought, was the Doctor taking a while to cotton on to what actually, like, as soon as Ruby disappeared, I thought, oh yeah, Ruby's been taken out of time. But now I'm not sure if it was part of the thing that the Doctor was taking a while because it's like a new series trying to get new viewers back on, this is how the Doctor thinks. Or mm. was it just a choice to probably focus on them, on what the mother was saying and the experience of losing Ruby and just how much it has changed the house. I I really don't know. What did you think of that moment? I did think it took too long. Like he if, I feel like I agree he he should have realized sooner that she clearly wasn't going to remember because she had been erased from time. See, I did think it was funny. She'd been erased from existence and there were cracks in the wall. I was like is RTD bringing something back here? <laughs> No, I did think that as well for like a brief second. I was like, oh, My mom cracks literally in the said wall. It's the crack in time. <laughs> well, if we're talking about <laughs> parallels and references, this is going to be completely, mm. probably not related at all. But that thematic beat of there is an old woman in an attic who takes in children and looks after them. Sarah Jane. No, not no. that it's not that it's deliberate. I'm not. I am not saying it's deliberate, but it could that thematic thing. Of RTD. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Perhaps. Sorry, Louis. Um, <laughs> thumbs up in a football came on two screens. The, the viewers are going to be so convinced, convinced, confused about why everyone's Come laughing right now. Come okay. back. For the, for the um, benefit of the viewers, uh, we're 
recording this over Zoom, and as uh, Louis was very eloquently explaining a point, um, on on his screen, a thought bubble emerged uh, coming from his head with a thumbs up. And and me and Bertie, and I don't know if Ollie was sort of focusing on the argument or anything like that, but me and Bertie were sort of looking at each other just like, did you see that too, right? You saw that too. You saw that too. And then you came so like succinctly to your the end of your point. And there was just a brief pause and just... I thought you too, were agreeing with me. Much. I thought you were sort of <laughs> co- cottoning on and... Uh... No, we were we were taking the piss out of you. <laughs> no, we weren't taking the no. That's yo. No. Sorry, Louie. Yeah. Sorry, Louie. Don't we <laughs> love visual jokes on our Who Sock podcast? <laughs> Almost as good as when we used the soundboard that oh, everybody no. had. So wait, no one heard the soundboard and no one's seen this. <laughs> To be fair, they don't see anything on our podcast. To be fair, but we knew in advance they weren't seeing anything. We were just maybe, being silly. Maybe we can get someone to, like, I don't know, make a visual representation and put it on the Discord. Do you there know anyone, Lottie? Do you know anyone? Oh, don't. <laughs> um, can we talk about the creepy woman who was like, hello, TARDIS? If you want, oh, yeah, we can jump that. to the end. <laughs> um... It's three goblins in a trench coat. <laughs> I have seen every theory under the sun. I've seen it's Romana. I've seen it's Susan. I've seen a confusing woman. It's <laughs> the Rani. Um, it's the master. It's... I <laughs> the fact that Mrs. Flood was very much not exactly villainous makes me think it might be a friendly face. But we just don't know who she is. I've heard some people say it's river. Yeah, yeah. because flood, pond, river. That I was don't me think in so. the group chat last night. You'll be in a flood of tears. Uh, I hope not. I yeah, thought it I was. I think it's Ruby. Done. There was an interesting thing in. What if it is Ruby from the future? Because we've already got that thing of Ruby may want to go and see in the past who her parents really were. Maybe she gets trapped there. Maybe Mrs. Flood is then actually her. I mean, Ruby Sunday. What's her first name? Wednesday? Wednesday Ruby. Flood? Her first name Ruby. is Ruby. Her first oh, name is Ruby. Mrs. Flood's first name. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, you know, then like, Ruby the whole... Sunday got no, touched the by the of... weeping angel. Mel- Melody Pond River Song. Ruby Sunday. Would it be like Emerald? Emerald? Wednesday Emerald? I don't I, 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 Diamond. I don't know. I think it would be Gem. too easy if it was any of our suggestions. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So once again, Russell T. Davis has less, left us absolutely baffled. If it's just like the master or the Rani, I'm going to mm. be like, really, Russell? You Come were on. really that obvious. No. <laughs> I, I think it would be... All of us being confused on the podcast and then Ollie like, watches who Mrs. Flood is like, I knew it! <laughs> I, I think it will be a left-field choice of something that we might not immediately think. But eventually, if we just start naming everyone, mm. it'll be them at some point. Have you ever seen a TARDIS before? <laughs> who, who saw a TARDIS? I'm pretty sure Barbara. No, it's Barbara. She's back. Barbara and Ian. Barbara and Ian. If it's a time lord, you can regenerate and change gender. It could be the it could be Russell or Omega. There's no reason it has to be someone who we've seen as a woman before. Russell on floods. But, but why the most high, the most 
high time lord of the world and they're living <laughs> next door. Do we think it might be have something to do well, the doctor isn't actually Gallifreyan. Do we think it might have something to do with that? Or well, timeless child? He, he, you know, spent a lot of time on Gallifrey. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, he's got he's, he's he's Gallifreyan, but like also the origin of the his doctor. Blood. His yeah. mum. Do we think it happened? <laughs> Do we think it might have something to do with that? It's Tectoon. It's Tectoon. <laughs> Tectoon. <laughs> no, yeah. Oh, it, no. It could it's, be it's the lady at the end of time who was like, um, It's I the lady this. at the end of the giggle. <laughs> <laughs> no, she was wearing gloves. I did check. It could be. Speaking of gloves. Yes, this is something yes. I wanted to talk about. But yeah. Bertie was like, The mavity of the the, the question is, will it be a technology that the Doctor will just have for one episode or a few and then just never use again? Because I right. think those gloves are actually quite cool, what mm. they are. But then again, 14th Sonic was, oh, look at this, it's amazing. Oh, mm. oh no, no, we've got a new Sonic now. Speaking of new Sonic, again. Yeah, Ollie, are we, are, it, it, is, is that force field technology ever going to be used again? Or was that just a one episode thing to get them out of that situation? I've got to know, because if it was really just for one episode, really... <laughs> I think it's just for one episode, in all honesty. That's that's going to annoy the hell out of me. I mean, Vincent and the Doctor did it. When? What? With what? the with the, the with the machine that sort of like you can look in the mirror and identify a species. Oh yeah, but that's like a very specific gadget. Like that's not so. Like, so's, like... so's the gloves. <laughs> I know, the, the, the gloves the, are cool. The point is that the Doctor <laughs> hangs off things, like, all the time. Mm. No, yeah, good point. I immediately got, like, a flashback to... um, Not even a flashback, just my passing thought of... um, Oh, so four could have used them. Four could have done with them. <laughs> yeah, there was a part where I thought... <laughs> wouldn't have had to die. Was, was the Doctor going to reference him falling off George Bank? Can like, you oh, imagine? Th- these are great. I should have had them before, something like that. Mm. I have fallen Mav- off way too many things. <laughs> yeah, Mavity is a real problem for me. Yeah. Also, yeah. Russell said, "I'm making this one joke, and I am sticking with it." He committed to the bit. He committed to the bit. It's a thing. I love it. I also feel like this is going to be a thing for the rest of Doctor Who, unless we get a really bad show and who just forgets about it. Can you imagine? um, (laughs) Yeah. The thing is, that's going to confuse the hell out of new fans. I don't think that's a bad thing, because I don't think it's a big enough thing to be a problem. But that's going to confuse the hell out of new fans I think it like, might be, in a few series' time. As long as it's done consistently, it might mm. be just be the sort of this era's version of gravity. Again, I, not everything sticks, but... But, like, there's, it wouldn't make sense for that to not stick, like unless they physically went back and changed Wild Blue Yonder. It's nice that they've got things for returning fans. Like, it's brilliant that new fans are coming Mm. in. Yeah. Like, let me have something that's for me, please. Just just for me. Yeah. Make that Mavity joke for me, Russell. You know? Shoot your your wear a fed at some point. The Mavity at the moment is very much a new fans thing. It's only a new thing. Mm. But it will Mm. be a thing for returning fans in a few series' time. I'm a bit... I've seen on YouTube that they're going to be calling the new series Season 1. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it, it caused me to go like, "Oh no!" for a little second, for no reason. Mm. It like, annoys it doesn't, me. It doesn't. But I don't yeah, think it matters that. It much. doesn't affect me in the slightest. Mm. But it's also, it made plus, me feel, isn't it? It's mm. it's the sad. It's the sad in me. 
it's so people yeah. don't click on Disney Plus and go season whatever season it is. Well, wow, season I... fifteen. What? Where's the rest of it? It's on yeah, BBC exactly. iPlayer, guys. Yeah, you can go watch there. Can I just can. say? I feel like the gloves that he was able to pull a, a, the ship down, like the entire goblin ship down with these gloves. A lot of core strength. He, he murked that goblin. Too. No, he, yeah, he did. That feels a little, I don't know, it felt a little bit he like... He saw the thou shall not kill and now. just thought, that's that's a suggestion. <laughs> Straight up murked. No big speech. Mm. No, I'm the doctor. I'm going to let you go. He, he pulled an old going. alley-oop. I, I, I think as I think at the end of the day, maybe the doctor just thought, you know, these are a bit of a pest. You know, you've had your fun. But... A bit of a pest. A bit of oh, a yeah. pest. They are reducing the population by one baby every time they feed. I mean, a bit of a pest. It's in, not too bad. In my mind, it's just a case of um, like Ruby was literally about to die. He had to do something, or she would have imminently died. Is I would there have a liked... timeline then, then where? Sorry to interrupt, Jolly. Is there a timeline where Ruby was eaten? Maybe. Because, like, the Doctor was in it at that point. Yeah. The until he went back. So I was like, yeah. Ruby was eaten. Yeah. Ruby was seasoned with salt and eaten. That's I, I, the only seasoning. That's the only seasoning that Whovians need. I would have liked a big 15 speech at some point in the episode, but also... Like a big I'm the doctor speech, but also it's highly likely we'll get one at some point. Like like mm. like David Tennant, Matt Smith, Jodie Whittaker all had their big I'm the doctor speech in their first episode. Mm. And it was great. But then Peter Capaldi didn't really get it till Flatline, and it was also brilliant then. Like maybe I mean, Chew to Get will have something similar. And I'm What I'd say is the the equivalent version of big speech from the doctor was more the way he was going about the story. The part where he was just literally on the goblin ship and going, wow, this is fascinating. Oh, look at this language of ropes. That's the doctor, not necessarily the big speech, but the Mm. appreciation of whilst he knows that this is a foe to be defeated, Mm. he can still marvel at the universe and what it can bring. That's Mm. more the doctor than Mm. I'm the doctor. And this is a speech that (laughs) Stephen Moffat wrote for me. Can you imagine that's how they started? (laughs) Hi, I'm the Doctor, and this is... That sounded like Barry Scott. <laughs> Hi, I'm the Doctor, and this is a speech. Bang, wow! Dalek is gone. <laughs> bang! <laughs> Try new Sillip Bang Dalek be gone. <laughs> to be fair, I think the Cybermen... cleans it of grime and crime. I think that back in the day, the Cybermen were defeated by, like, washing of liquid or nail varnish or something, <laughs> so it, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. They were defeated by Sillip Bang. <laughs> it was, um... Cleaning fluid. Yes, yeah, lip bang. <laughs> yeah, cleaning fluid could could dissolve the Cybermen's plastic parts. Did it get rid of lime scale and grime really easily? And did they like have a demonstration with like a key and then and uh, just the ordinary cleaning fluid that you get from chops? <laughs> the 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 grimebermen. Lime oh. scale lime scale and time. Oh no. <laughs> Can someone kick him? <laughs> no, he's the host of the meeting, unfortunately. I suppose one more podcast can't kill anyone. One more pun can't kill anyone. <laughs> it can. Uh... Please, God. Oh, wait, no, in my role as Harry's substitution, hold on a sec. There we go. That's better. Right, for for, for the, the listeners, uh, Lottie <laughs> just put her head in her hands. Yeah, I had to do it. 
That's um, the first time I've ever done this on a Hussock podcast. It was, hmm. yeah. Her name is also Harry Substitution on the Zoom name feature. <laughs> Can I just say, by the way? Oh my god! Ruby joined the TARDIS and didn't say that it was bigger on the inside. I know. I really wanted that. Like she came out, she ran around the box. I was like, "Oh, she's gonna say it! She's gonna say it!" She might oh do something a bit different. Going, oh, it's smaller on the outside or something like that. Like Off Clara. camera, yeah. <laughs> Off camera, she said, "Oh, it's a bit roomy in here." <laughs> It's inferred. There's a draft. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, not every companion said it. Like, Amy didn't say it, but it was still subtly referenced in that scene because the doctor goes to her and goes, anything you want to say? Any she, passing she goes... remarks? But she's just speechless. But like, She goes through referenced. and she's like, you've had a knock through. Yeah, Bill's just like, you've had a knock you've through. Ex- you've extended the kitchen. I like um... the fact that 15, like, right outside, he got into the TARDIS. He went to change his clothes into a different outfit. Yeah. No, Bestie had to. Pre- Bestie had time to prepare and used it well. <laughs> and saw on the monitor she was coming and just like unlocked the door and let it slightly swing ajar. I like the idea of him uh, just like running to the door, unlocking it, running back, and just going like posing, just like, oh god, Jesus Christ! <laughs> For the listeners at home, Bestie <laughs> is posing right now. She stood up and you know, one hand on the hip, one hand leaning on the chair. <laughs> do so well in a podcast format. no we do we do we paint a picture we paint a story tapestry we paint a tap paint a tapestry we weave a tapestry no all one right, paints right. a tapestry all right all right all right <laughs> before we move on to podcast questions does anyone have any closing thoughts yes cherry got her tea cherry got yes her tea. cherry got her tea cherry sunday what a banging name as someone from mm. yorkshire she got her tea we and I couldn't tea. be more happy. Louis. What? So, wait, what did Louis say? What? He said we love tea. Yeah, isn't that a conversation from the coffee? Oh, oh. oh right, yeah. Oh, and you yeah. can find out more about that storyline on Spoiler. conversations from the coffee shop. <laughs> I think I must be the biggest fan. Not you two. <laughs> it's me. I know the law. <laughs> I must say, if we talk about Christmas special, could we review conversations Christmas special? Then? <laughs> right, we're doing a who's not who instigated by the president. Unfortunately, the microphone does not pick up Lottie whistling. It was really funny to hear Joseph Booker play me, and I now decide that if I have a movie of my life, I will be played by Joseph Booker. Yeah. We do conversations from the coffee shop commentary one day, guys. <laughs> I Maybe love we my should. Doctor Who podcast. <laughs> it's where I learn all about comedy. Listen, conversations from the coffee shop has a lot of Doctor Who references. I feel I sound like I'm advertising it. And now. The, the, <laughs> the entire like like the team is Who Sock members, including half of yeah. the Sock exec. <laughs> yeah. And the uh, one of the producers who's not like on the team of three is also a massive Doctor Who fan. Yeah. Plus, all your guest stars are from Hoosock. Well, not all, but most. One of them wasn't. Two of them weren't. <laughs> is Andrew Mullins not in Hoosock? Andrew Mullins is not in Hoosock. Oh, no, Andrew no. Mullins, if you are listening Neither to is this, Mila. please join Hoosock. Yeah. Mila, if you are listening to this, please also... join Hoosock. No, or Mark Twin, but Mark Twin did Mark come Twin, to the viewing please of join Star Beast. We need to take them down for membership fees now. Yeah. Yeah, Harry. Oh, we'll dear. lock them in the studio and we'll, we'll just say, like, hey... That's the real job of the treasurer. They go round 
<laughs> collecting membership fees, whether you like it or not. We call him Harry the Gun. <laughs> bring out your, bring out your wages. Bring did out. You say, your did you say Harry the Gun kit? <laughs> yeah. If Joseph is the we've bullet got, and Harry's the gun, Joseph does that mean we've got Harry... Harry fires Joseph? No, Harry handgun. <laughs> <laughs> I can't hear anyone. Bertie is broken. Oh, that's, that's the reason why. <laughs> it was funny. So we've got Joseph the Bullet Booker. We've got Harry Handgun Kift. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, do we do we think is is Cherry the new wealth? No companions, no. grandparents. No one, no one can replace well wealth, and no one should replace wealth. Never but also Cherry is <laughs> wonderful and we love Cherry get Wilfred Mott's name out of your mouth <laughs> I feel like you're being disrespectful to Cherry out here. your mouth no Cherry's a queen she Cherry is a queen playing. she served, she ate, she left no crumbs she drank, mainly tea well actually not <laughs> no. mainly tea because she had to wait the whole episode which, uh, excuse me Ruby Sunday disrespectful to your nana there Dishonor on you, dishonor <laughs> on your cow, dishonor on your goblin. But she is not well, and any insinuation will mean that you will get bonked. Does that okay. mean I can become the? I've forgotten Ollie's role. <laughs> the coordinator. The coordinator, which is yeah. secretary. Does that mean I can become the coordinator? <laughs> yeah. I think that rightfully belongs to Sophie. Actually, that is that is fair. Oh. Anyway, um, it's regicide then. <laughs> I'm going to move on to podcast questions. <laughs> Cormac wants to know what do you think of there being a musical number in Doctor Who? I absolutely love it. I thought it was really good. I was quite surprised by it. Uh, I had to watch it a second time on my phone with headphones on but like the first time I was watching it I was quite confused <laughs> even though I'd, I was expecting it mm. which was quite strange Understandable. but um watching it again um I, I think I, I think I really enjoyed it mm. I say I think I did <laughs> I want more musical numbers because we've got Jinx we've got Jonathan mm. Groff oh I'm so excited for Jinx I've never I've never seen them in anything <laughs> Oh girl, but I'm so excited. <laughs> it was it was so the, 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 the goblin song was so ridiculous and stupid yeah. and I love it. I love it. It, for it reminded that. me of a pantomime a bit. Like a pantomime mm. bit where they're just like, Alright, here's the bad guy. Here's oh, the villain song. <laughs> Thing is, apparently it the, the lyrics were written by Rusty Davis and you yeah. can tell yeah. that it's yeah, not written tell. by someone who's familiar with songwriting when you've got lyrics like um Eat with our teeth better than beef. <laughs> it's happened again. I don't know why thought bubble thumbs up keeps coming up on Louis' screen. Wait, but... how do you do it? I don't oh, know. Louis, do what are you doing? I, I, I keep putting my hands on my head, summoning Harry now. <laughs> Is that what it does? Harry, like an avenging angel, comes, joins the Zoom call, tells us off. Oh my God, Lottie's in so for Spanish. those of you, the <laughs> listeners who don't know, Lottie has changed her background to space. <laughs> anyway, 
Talking of podcast questions and Lottie, Lottie wants to know, ain't you ever seen a TARDIS before? <laughs> no, it's my Listen. first time. No, no, never never saw that. Never saw for, that. For the benefit of the listeners, I posted that question, and then a few minutes later I got a text from Bertie asking, hey, would you like to be on a podcast? <laughs> Look. So, and I, I felt like you know what I won't, I will not remove my question because it stands to reason, and it's, it's an important question. Ain't you ever seen a TARDIS before? Most, I, I love how like in the episode, Mrs. Flood just looks directly into the camera like a little fourth wall break. Ain't you oh. ever seen a TARDIS? But that's a Cornish accent. <laughs> that's a cool. fourth wall. I can't. What's the matter, dearie? <laughs> you sound like Hot Buzz. No, yeah, that's where my Cornish, that's where my any sort of country accent comes from. Anyway, Jacob wants to know... That and this country, sorry. What song would you sing to a goblin? I think just for a laugh, the Ballad of the Last Chance Saloon, so it can be full circle. Oh, to sleep and dream of pain. I'll just hum, um, I am the Doctor. Kazoo it, kazoo it. Oh, I don't have my kazoo on me to do this. Hang on. I would go for Joe Payne on my career. How can the kazoo get through with a whistling car? <laughs> I don't know. You know what? I, I accept it. The laws of sound waves are yours. Well, they're not mine. They they're, will they're obey us. And they may obey you. They may obey me if they feel like it. <laughs> Sorry, Bertie, I think I think oh, it's completely I'm... derailed your answer to the question. I think your parade was rained on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just think they seem like guys who appreciate musical theatre. Hmm. That's fair. Um, Peter wants to know, what celebrity would you cause several injuries to for fun? Uh, okay, J.K. Rowling. Yeah. <laughs> and then any any person who has ever, ever liked one of her tweets. Jacob did yes. say, as an answer to that question on the chat, uh, select a turf, any turf. <laughs> Pick a turf, any turf. Can we say that? Can we say that we would kill J.K. Rowling? Yeah. I was, I, I was going to say this, like, if I was going to Well, we didn't it. even say kill. We said cause several injuries. Oh, who was the guest? McCall. Something McCall. I apologise. I'm sorry. <laughs> Davina McCall. I saw somewhere that someone had edited her um wiki page <laughs> say died on died like on 25th of december 2023 via christmas tree star but then it was Let's like taken it. taken off <laughs> i love it i love it i didn't know until after the episode and my dad told me that she was a real person oh oh i knew she was a real person but i just I'd never watched anything that she's really been in. I'm so sorry to Davina McCall, but I I don't watch a lot of daytime TV. Yeah, that's all she really does. I Mm. I sincerely apologise, and if we ever meet, which I doubt we will, but it will be a lovely honour to do so, (laughs) I sincerely apologise. And that is Hussock. And that was who. And that was who. Sock apologizes, led by me, Lottie Goldthorpe, aka Harry Substitution. (laughs) Peter also wants to know a question which we have not discussed at all today. (laughs) Who is Mrs. Flood? We don't know. Oh, I I don't think we've ever answered that. Um, The Doctor. 
She's a prenatal doctor. She's the curator. A post-curator, but pre... She's the next showrunner. Curator 2 doctor. I mean, I like the theory that David Tennant's um, doctor who's parked regenerates into the curator at some point. Mm. Maybe he doesn't even regenerate. Maybe he just ages into the curator. Just, well, David Tennant just becomes Tom Baker through just aging. Gets, no, just gets older. You know what? People's faces change, Ollie. <laughs> yeah. And we shouldn't. I mean... Yeah. People's faces change. People get older. They get wrinkles. You know? Are you against old people, Ollie? Are you ageist? <laughs> Are you ageist? <laughs> I'm so confused. <laughs> High five, Lottie. Virtual high five from space. But for the benefit of the listeners, we're not calling Ollie ages. <laughs> oh dear. Um... Oh dear. This is why we shouldn't all be on podcasts together. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Joe wants to know, and I feel like she's doing some sort of pun here that I've missed. Did you know Steve Jobs died from Goblin? Goblin. D- and then, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, I, I, yeah, v- v- very good, Joe. I think I've missed a joke here. Anyway, I'm just I'm wondering. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Joseph wants to know what are you most looking forward to in the new series? Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Mm, yeah, I quite like Yeah, I wonder if they'll do that. The uh, thing is, with the these, show, I think with these four specials we've had, they varied. For me, they varied between. Yeah, pretty good and absolutely incredible. And I now mm. just trust that the show is in safe hands and I trust that the episodes are going to be of a good standard and I'm just excited for good Doctor Who. The thing yeah. I've been most excited for is Shooter Get was Doctor and I'm still incredibly excited to see more of him. In fact, sort of more so now that I know he is just even better than I thought he'd be. But like, But also like... That's not so much of a new thing, seeing what it's going to be like, because we've got an idea now. So I'm very, very excited for that. But I'm also excited to see the new things. And for the benefit of the listeners, <laughs> Lottie has done something. <laughs> She's turned herself into... How can you a do that? Bear. Okay, Bertie, go into the corner of your screen and you'll see um, a blue dots and you can click at Choose Avatar. I don't know why, but my polar bear is looking like puzzled and it's tracking my eyebrows, I think. Do I always look puzzled? Is that that what the Zoom is telling me? Interesting. Uh, uh... Why are we becoming... (laughs) I'm I'm so confused. (laughs) I'm also a cat now. I'm so sorry, Louise. <laughs> Louis, become a cat. I can't find it. Who <laughs> sock out of context? Louis, become a what? cat. This isn't. Louis, go into the corner. You know your little picture of you at the top. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna become a cat. Hold on. Ironic. And you see it says mute and then three little dots. Yeah, I'm going to like take a picture of this and send it to the the, the Discord. Wait, wait, wait I've got it. I've got it. There we go. Click on the dotty. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to be like, "Who's got podcast out of context?" And it'll also serve as a visual aid for those who see <laughs> this picture and then listen to the podcast. <laughs> uh, 
stunning. It doesn't register my hand in my head. It doesn't for me either. <laughs> I tried to wave, but it didn't work. Anyway, we have one final question. A wine wants to know, <laughs> what's your favourite coincidence? Um, It's not something that happened to me, but I know that Tom Baker once met his son at, in a bar in New Zealand by complete chance. I know that's some sort of coincidence that they I think they had I think they had some sort of falling out and all of a sudden they met each other in a in a bar in New Zealand and sort of rekindled their relationship. But speaking of bars, oh. the doctor likes going to bars, which is uh, mm. something cool. I thought you were about to say that the doctor this series will be dropping a diss track. <laughs> How about the fact that the doctor's daughter uh played the doctor's daughter and married the doctor? Yeah. I.e. Peter <laughs> Davison's daughter played uh, married David Tennant and mm. um, played uh, the Doctor's daughter in an episode with David Tennant as the Doctor. Didn't they meet because of Doctor Who, though? Yeah, they met on the set of Doctor Who. Yeah. On that episode, as far as I know. I love the most all of us being here. Oh. Quick, take really them out. <laughs> anyway. Uh, that does it for this episode of Who's Lot Podcasts. I don't Yay! know why I said that like that. I'm a professional podcaster. Us with all of our visual jokes. Keep <laughs> safe. Keep, keep safe. Goodbye from me, Ollie. From Louis. Goodbye. From um, I was about to say from Harry Substitution. From Lottie. Uh, ain't you ever seen a TARDIS before? <laughs> and from Bertie. Goodbye. Did I actually introduce you guys at the beginning of the podcast? I don't think I, I did. Hope so. No. So <laughs> you had just been speaking to the void, I'm afraid, and then just said goodbye to. And that's where it cuts off. Anyway, bye bye. Purple Radio Podcasts. Thanks for downloading this Purple Radio podcast. For more great content and to listen live, head to purpleradio.co.uk.